Ladies and gentlemen, Super Joe Pardo. Hey, Dreamers. Today, I'm talking with Joel Boggess, who is making his dreams come true by being able to get behind the microphone every day and connect with people who are making a difference. Joel, welcome to the show. Joe, this is so much fun. I've been looking forward to this interview all day long, and you know, it is a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. Um, I appreciate you holding out because we, we were supposed to be scheduled about three hours ago. Uh, my, my, my mom and, and my sister showed up out of the, well, kind of out of the blue. And It's always uh, mom's fault, isn't it, Joe? It's always mom's fault. <laughs> well, this is a pattern, this a pattern with you, I've noticed. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I really appreciate you uh, being able to work around that. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's great. Uh, we So for those that don't know, um, Joel and I got to to meet up. Well, we've met we met at podcast movement for briefly for like two or three minutes, mm. um, and then it wasn't until like a month or two months ago, or by the time this comes out, it'll, it'll probably have been like five months ago. But you know, so a handful of months ago, we I, I went into Philly because they were he uh, him and uh, Pay. Uh, his co-hosts were in Philly, ha- uh, hanging out at a at a like well, I guess it's not like a seminar. I, I don't know what you would call like a class. Yeah, well, you know, it's a little bit of a seminar. Um, uh, we're in pretty tight with uh, Michael Port. He is, uh, you know, one of the top speaking trainers uh, out there today. Uh, we helped him launch his podcast and um, steal the show. By the way, is the name of that podcast? Mm-hmm. It's done phenomenal, and and he uh, he kind of lets us hang around and lets us participate in his uh, heroic public speaking. Uh, his seminars and workshops and that has been by the way a game changer uh, for us in the way we present on stage and, and whatnot anyhow that's how that's why we go up to philly every now and then we we hang out with michael and 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 the crew and polish up on our on our speaking skills and you know when i was coming up there uh, i just you know re- wanted to reach out to you and i didn't realize you were just so close right right on the other side of the river and uh, it was a blast having you to, to come hang out with us and then have dinner with us and uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. And looking forward to doing it um, at least one or maybe even two more times before before it ends. So um, really, that's it, it's awesome. Yeah, I live, live, you know, for those that don't know from the show, I, I live just five, ten minutes away from the city so of Philadelphia. So it's 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 always I, I don't go often often because it's so expensive to park normally. But um, it actually that that uh, when we went out to dinner, it was only like five bucks for me to park there. Oddly cool. enough, yeah. When like when I went to the hotel. That was twenty seven dollars, dude. Did you have to pay for that? Well, oh, it's either that or drive around forever looking for parking. I, mean, I didn't even think about that. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's it's quite <laughs> alright. It was totally worth coming over and getting to hang out. It just it just stinks because it's like I wasn't even there for what an hour, an hour and a half, or something like that. And it's like they parking should be a little bit cheaper. Yeah, like, that's a little bit high. That, um, that was high, um, especially for the area. But the the reason is because there is no parking over there. The, the the streets are so narrow, but well, obviously not when they're charging twenty five bucks a pop. Yeah, yeah. So so being able to park like right at the end of Market Street, or was it Market Street or Broad Street, or no, I think it was a Market Street. It was Market. Um, you know, being able to park right there and for five bucks was is is a game changer. But it was also a weeknight, and it wasn't really that nice out. It was like raining or something. So you know, it's all if it was nice out and it was a weekend, I'm sure parking would not have been so easy that to get. Well, we we had a good turnout, so I'm glad you yeah. you were able to make it across the river and and come hang with us and yeah we will be there in philly again in june and then we'll be there in july 
So plenty of opportunities. And then before you know it, I'm going to bump into you again at the Mid-Atlantic uh, Podcast Conference, which yes. we, I am stoked about that event. That is going to be a blast. I, I really think it is. I, I think the guy that's putting it on is pretty cool. I think he's got a lot, uh, a lot up his sleeve. Yeah, well, okay. Well, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, we won't name names, but his initials are SJP. <laughs> Joel, why don't we get started? By, not that we haven't already got started, but why don't, why don't you get started by giving okay. some background about yourself? Sure. Hey, you know, Joe, uh, really do appreciate you having me on the show today. And I have been in the the broadcasting business my gosh, it's been 25 years since I sat behind my very first microphone. And even though I've been in the radio and broadcasting, I was you know in front of the camera on TV and then even podcasting now, I, I don't take these invitations for, for granted and I don't take them lightly. I know that you could be doing a million other things right now. And I also know that your listeners could be, do, be doing a lot of other things, but you chose to invite me on your show and invest some time with me and your listeners chose to uh, tune in just to hear what uh, you and I have to share today. And uh, I take that responsibility pretty seriously. So congratulations on the success of Dreamers. And uh, again, thank you for having me on. Thank you very much. I, I really appreciate that. I know I, I always take it. I love it when people take what I do seriously. So um, I, I love that you have the passion to to appreciate that back. Um, so yeah, so <laughs> it's, it's very mutual here. Well, <laughs> You know, I can still remember the day I was I was 10 years old. Joe, it was Christmas Day, and it was the best time of the day for me. And you know what time of the day it was. It was time to open presents. And I ran down the hall. I was at my grandparents' house. I was at Mimi and Papa's house. And I sat down under the tree, grabbed the biggest box I could find. And luckily for me, it had my name on it. And I ripped through that box like any 10-year-old kid would do. And I pulled out this large, rectangular, metallic-looking object. And it was a boom box. And I had never had one before. And from the time I turned that switch on for the very first time and heard that voice radiating out of the speakers, I was hooked, Joe. And I knew that the recorded audio the, the world of, of audio, I should say, was for me. And that spark that was lit be, became a flame. And that carried me through my, my teenage years and into young adulthood. And by the time I started at my first radio station, I was in my early 20s, that flame had become a torch. And that led me through, you know, several, uh, you know, good, good opportunities with different radio stations and that torch continues to to light the way as we're about to celebrate our second year anniversary uh, doing the relaunch show. We're at about 1.3 million downloads. We've been mentioned in, gosh, Huffington Post, thankfully, uh, Inc. Magazine as being one of the top 20 business podcasts of 2015. They uh, you know wrote that article right at the end of last year. And we're just having a blast uh, you said it yourself at the beginning of the show, just being able to connect with people that are, you know, making a difference in their world with their business. And um, I, I feel highly uh, favored and, and, and blessed to be able to, to sit and, and have these meaningful conversations pretty much on a daily basis. 
Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I, I, that's one of the reasons that I love doing the Dreamers podcast so much um, for the same reason that you do is is being able to connect with people from all around the world. And a lot of times, um, sometimes I talk to people and they don't they don't seem to grasp the concept of be like, you know, you, you might have uh, the Chamber of Commerce in your backyard, right? And you go to that and you get to meet with local uh, you know, entrepreneurs and business owners and stuff like that. And that's great. But like, what? Think of a ba- business, you know, a, a chamber of commerce, but like on a global scale, mm. with like every kind of business person in, involved. You know, from photographers to DJs to like the people that would never belong to a, you know a chamber of commerce get to be a part of not just this, sh- like not just my show, but like your show too, and and really like you build that network that doesn't cost them anything, but they can tap into it and be a part of like the the fabric of it. I love you. I love where this conversation is going. I was in a uh, a mastermind group this this past weekend. My, our, our mutual friend Jared Easley put put it put it together, and for some reason he invited me. So I I, I guess his A list people uh, couldn't make it, but for whatever reason I, I showed up. And one of the things that we were talking about over and over and over again in that group of you know thirteen fourteen guys is that podcasting is the new networking. And and I said that at Podcast Movement uh, 2015, and it, it still rings true today. You know, if you want to meet someone, a mover and a shaker, you know, in your industry, in your neighborhood, in your town, on your planet, all you have to do is, is invite him or her to, to your podcast. Frame it in, in, in a right way so that they'll say yes. And by the time you're done recording, you know, a 15-minute interview, 20-minute interview, you're going to be best friends with that person. And that is going to open the door for amazing opportunities. It's done, it's done that for me. The reason that I, I know, you know, Michael Port, if you don't know who, who he is personally, just look him up on Google. But uh, the reason I know him is, is because of our podcast. And I've been given the opportunity and still have the opportunity to have uh, earned his business. And it's, it's because of the podcast. And we just got a, email from him today saying that he, he's ready to launch podcast number two. Oh, and wow. he, and he, you know, he wants to do exactly what we did for steal the show with, with this next, this upcoming podcast. He's going to you know be working with pay and I, and that, that opportunity would have never happened had I shied away from inviting on, uh, you know, him a, as an A-list guy. Or if I was shied away from, you know, inviting Bob Berg on uh, the podcast, um, you know, I would have had the opportunity to not only get to be his friend, but to produce the Go Giver podcast. So it, it's it's the new networking, and it's uh, also helped us get on, you know, big speaking stages as well. I, I'd agree. I mean, that's that's the thing. Like uh, a lot of people didn't understand when I was getting started. Like uh, they're like, oh well how do you make money from a free show? And I'm like, you don't understand. Like you're built, like, first off, I'm building the resume of not just, you know, building a network, but also building a resume of like, why am I qualified to talk about, you know, achieving dreams? Because I've now I've interviewed how many, you know, two have 250 episodes plus. So it's like, that's why I'm qualified to talk about this because I've done the research. Now, do I have, you know, I've not only written a book about it, all this stuff like, 
But if you don't, if you aren't willing to put that work in, if you aren't willing to to take those chances of talking to people and asking people like what it is like to to come on your show and you know what they what you can do for them and what they can do for you and making those relationships, building those relationships uh, relationships up, they're you're just sitting on the sideline watching. Absolutely, and when when you have folks on, it, it just takes your relationship to a deep level quickly. Because, and you do a you do a phenomenal job with it, Joe. And I like to think that I do a, a pretty good job too, in in my my interview skills. And we don't ask our guests just the common surface level cocktail level kind of questions about their their life and about their their journey. But but we go pretty deep, and we go deep pretty quickly. And I think that is the game changer in in the conversation. I can think of a few people when I've had a chance to meet them face to face in person and they would shake my hands and they'd say, you know, I I do, you know, five interviews a day, eight interviews a day, 10 interviews a day or whatever the number is. And I I remember being on your show and that is a big compliment uh, to me. And I know it is to you too. When uh, someone actually remembers, you know, being on your show because of the, the care that you take in making sure that they're cared for. Oh, most definitely. Um, Joel, I was wondering if you could go into like your transition out of, cause I know we're, we're going back to like, okay, you know, way, way back. Uh, but go like, the, cause I would like for you to share the story of like why you got out of radio in the first place and how long ago it's been since then that you continued to make, you know, a business based around, you know, a living based around sure. uh, broadcasting. Sure. Very good. I walked away on Christmas Eve in 1997. And the reason that I did is because radio was going through a, a shakeup at that time. And quick history lesson there is uh, that is when digital broadcasting was just about to peak itself over the horizon. Hadn't quite arrived yet, but a, a lot of the, the folks like me that were in traditional radio, behind the mic, you know, punching a time clock, running their air shift, they, they saw the writing on the wall and they realized that um, their jobs were going to disappear, which is what mine ended up doing. And that all of a sudden through the magic of digital broadcasting and voice recording and tracking and all that, um, one person could do the job of several people and without getting lost in, in all those details about, you know, how it works and how a guy sitting in LA can do a show in New York and through digital broadcasting, you know, it sounds like he's right there. Um, I, I knew that that was coming and we didn't know what to do. So I walked away. And it was a good thing I did because that job, the job that I had for a long time ago, the job that I loved, it, it just disappeared. And that was the 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 wave, the um, tidal wave that shook up the uh, radio industry uh, in the late 90s, almost into, you know, 2000. And so I I missed it. You know, you're you're in broadcasting, you're a podcaster, so you know how it just gets in your blood. And you can't wait to be behind the microphone to turn it on again and to to do your thing. Well, that 
was my life for many, many years. I don't remember exactly how many, but I just, it was something that was missing and I knew exactly what it was. And so I, I tried and I tried to get back to, to get that feeling back. And when podcasting started to peak itself, um, over the, over the horizon, what quite here yet, but I, but I saw it coming and just like the end of radio, I saw the birth of this new era, this podcasting era era. And I knew Joe that I needed to be, I needed to be right in the middle of it, which, um, in let's probably 2008 maybe is, was when we, we started, um, this journey back to behind the microphone. Wow. Yeah. So I, uh, yeah, the end of 97 into 98, the, uh, you know, it, well, it was still called internet radio. I wouldn't be called podcasting for another six sure. or so years, five, five, six years. But, um, yeah, it was, it was just coming or uh, coming of age and, and to go along with that serious satellite radio was just around the corner, uh, just a few short years later. So I, I'm, I'm sure like it, it was a lot of things all converging at once that, uh, pushed you, to, to be like, okay, I need to think outside the box. I need to go do something else and I need to do it now. Um, unfortunately the, you know, the internet and everything wasn't there yet. <laughs> like stuff was there, but people didn't, most people didn't have computers just yet. It wasn't until 2000, 2001 that they really started to come into the household. Internet started to go broadband for more and more people stuff. And even then dial up was still like the mainstay for <laughs> probably over 90% of the market. Hey Joe, hey Joe, do you still have your AOL uh, email address? You you could tell me. Come uh, on. N- no, but I do have the I do have the uh, well, I don't use email address, but I do have the AIM AOL instant messenger name and up until I uh just I think like last year the um, Messenger app in on Mac was uh-huh. still supporting did it? The messenger. Really? Yeah, I think I think it had stopped just recently uh supporting it, which is a shame because I, I really, I really liked it. Um, you used it a lot, really. Yeah, well, mo- you know, I used to, and then less and less people were coming on, and then what ended up happening was, I had one friend that that's the only messaging app that he would use. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, no, no, I, I'm not, I'm not, I, I don't like Facebook. I'm not going to Facebook. I was like, but if you don't Facebook <laughs> Messenger, I don't have to text you all day. Otherwise, I got to right, text right. you. Um, well, a- AOL was the introduction for all of us, really into that and then i think there was irc i think that was like a messaging uh type chat program. room yeah chat, the yeah, chat yeah yeah IRC, yeah um which i can't even think of what it stands for off the top of my head but but yeah so i mean the whole the whole chat thing i mean irc still exists to this day people use oh does it? it oh yeah people still sitting in them chat rooms uh doing whatever i i you know i don't know i don't sit in the irc all day but i i know that there are there's a huge amount of people that still do i remember when i was still working the business in in radio and people were there were i news reports every now and then i would see uh, of this, this internet kind of radio and it, it was a head scratcher for me at the time i mean it's common knowledge for us today but um, I, I couldn't quite understand it, but I saw that it was the future. I, I just couldn't couldn't grasp it. But I saw how kids, teenagers, could sit in a circle, you know, with with a one center place microphone, and how they could all kind of just do their show and you know talk back and forth. And 
didn't quite fully understand it, but I knew that that was going to be something. And sure enough, that's exactly what it's turned out to be. Well, well, think about this, right? So Mark Cuban uh, was one of the, the creators of Broadcast.com, which was founded in April of 19... Or no, I'm sorry, September of 1995. Okay. Uh, and in April of 1999, was sold for $5.7 billion to uh, wow. Yahoo. Uh, so yeah, so it, it, there, so it existed. It's just... You know they were they were at the cutting edge of it as well, trying to make sure you know you know bandwidth issues, mm-hmm. um, sound quality issues, computer part issues that you know some of these you know high end microphones and stuff there wasn't necessarily a way to plug them into the computers directly on a ch- on the cheap. So it's like mm-hmm. all of these things, and then getting people that to actually have a computer to go because you couldn't just be like oh just whip out your smartphone you know and 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 type in this web address like. It didn't exist then so you know, you know what's it, interesting is that is that old school radio people like traditional radio are are still resistant to the podcasting and you know what that's sad because radio is a dying model uh i i, I hate to say it because that's where i was born as, as a broadcaster but i mean cbs has recently sold off their their radio assets because you know people nobody's listening to the radio anymore because the world is going and people's demands are turning to I want it when I want it and I want it how I want it and 24 24/7 at your fingertips broadcasting is the the way the world works these days which is great news for the podcaster and the online content creator not so good news for the uh, the traditional uh person that's uh trying to get people to tune into one particular station at one particular time on one particular day. And, um, that, that used to be a, a workable model, but it just, just didn't happen anymore. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I've talked to some radio guys about that. And the, the thing is, is that the, these radio guys, um, they're still get like the, the, the holdout is, is that they're still getting like quote unquote top dollar, at least comparatively speaking to like podcasting and stuff like that for their radio shows, right. For their advertising dollars. So the problem is, is when you convert that over to like, okay, well this radio show is doing great. Let's start up a podcast. And you're like, well, we have millions of listeners. And it's like, well, your podcast gets maybe 10,000 downloads, maybe Mm -hmm. per episode. Well, that's not any good. How is that possible? We have millions of listeners, blah, 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 blah. Like, that doesn't sound too good to advertising dollars when they need that kind of money, like the you know the big dollars to afford not only the the host but the, all the equipment and the broadcasting equipment, and the electricity and the lights and that, like all that. Like, and here I am in a in a room lit by four low powered LED lights with a computer that that you know that can use less than ninety five watts, and I have a microphone, and now I'm I'm broadcasting to the internet. <laughs> it, it, it's amazing. What, what's interesting about podcast audiences is that one thing that they offer that uh, generally radio doesn't is that the audience is very niched and and focused on what they're looking for. And I think that's, that's the sellable feature right there in, in podcasting. Like if you're, if you're uh, a real estate agent, for instance, and your show is on, you know, what to ask before you buy or what to ask before you list your house or things like that. Well, the, the people, they're not going to listen just because they're looking for something to listen to. They're not scanning the dial, you know, like 
mom and dad used to do or our grandparents used to do. The, the People are listening for solutions, for answers. And when you, you know who you serve, who your listeners are, and you know what problem you solve for them, then you can take that information and frame it to a potential sponsor in a way that makes sense for them. Right. Yeah, because you're getting those actual listening ears versus like, well, hey, you know, um, the, the View on ABC gets all of these TV, you know, has all of these awesome ratings. Well, how many of those ratings are on doctor's office TVs that nobody's actually watching? Hmm. You, you know what Good I point. mean? Like that kind of stuff. Or, 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 or even like the radio. Like, well, the radio's on in the warehouse or it's on in the, you know, in the repair shop. But is anybody actually listening? Maybe, 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 maybe. you know, it's, it's, it's a crapshoot if somebody's actually listening. And then as they say, it takes seven times for people to actually hear like an advertisement, right? Especially radio. Cause thing, they go so quick through the reads. Correct. Um, you got to really hear it like up towards the seven times to, to actually know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so Joel, I was wondering what, uh, can you go through the story? Because like, oh, yeah. I know that Relaunch isn't your first podcast. Obviously, you kind of alluded to that you know, being in podcasting since 2008, but Relaunch is just about to celebrate its two years, which congratulations, by the way, we just celebrated Thank my you. two years. It's it's a wonderful accomplishment and uh, yeah. definitely adds to the to the resume, you know? Like, oh, you've been doing this two years. This isn't like, oh, I started it yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Episode number two. Yes. Um. Relaunch is actually our ninth show, Joe. And I, did, I with didn't that, realize that. I knew it was. I knew it was like. Th- I thought it was like third or fourth show. Well, when you when you combine all the shows that Pay and I have done together, Pay, Pay is my wife uh, of fifteen years. It, it comes to number nine, a relaunch, and by far, relaunches is, is the one that we've had the most success with. And really, what this means is that we ha- we've had many trips to the batter's boxes. We've had many practice swings, and it took us some practice before we were able to hit one out of the park. And I'm glad you asked me about this because I like to tell the story because your first trip to the plate may result in a home run, and it may not. Either way, it's going to be a good learning experience. And you know what? It was for us. And I learned, and then I waited my turn, then I came up to to the plate again. And then I learned and then I came up to the plate again, and so forth it went. And then finally, I had learned enough, you know, wearing, wearing my practice jersey that I could go pro. And, and that's what I did with uh, the, the relaunch show. It, it, you know, became a professional show, so to speak, pretty much since it debuted, which is a couple of years ago, too. And um, we, we've just been having so much fun with it, but a lot of practice, a lot of trial and error. And that just, that just goes with whatever entrepreneurial or business related endeavor you're, you're going to do. And, um, uh, the, the passion has to be there. It was for us just based on, you know, where I came from. And, uh, so I, I had decided that we were going to make this successful one way or another. And I think that's, that's what really helped us. The decision, that this is going to work. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to quit figuring out how to make it not work one of these days. And I did, it it just took me a while. 
Well, hey, like I like to say, you know, if you hit the ball three out of ten times, you end up in the Hall of Fame. So good point. Know, it's it, you know, it only takes one to to really to to you know to make a difference. It's when you hit that one that's that sometimes is more important. You know, hitting the home run in in the World Series or hitting that home run at your you know in the first game of the first you know for the first game of the season like right right you know it, it's all it's all good but sometimes it's a lot better <laughs> a lot more uh acclaimed if you will yep um so uh, no, i know I'm, I'm glad glad uh i'm glad that you stuck at it and and I, i'm curious as to what what how did you overcome some of those roadblocks of like because you said this was your eighth or ninth 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 show so you know what what kept you going outside of just like well i was going i was going to make this work but but you had to get to the point where somebody i'm sure somebody along the way was like you know joel maybe this isn't for you and maybe even self-doubt was coming into that at that point well sure because you know i'm 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 no superhero joe of course there was self-doubt and and you know what either man (laughs) and you know what there's there's self-doubt that I'm trying to keep out of the front door every single day. I mean, that's just part of being human. But I was convicted into making the show work and to, to finding out the secret sauce because I knew that there was a secret sauce because you know, people you know, were, were making this work, not just in numbers, but also in profitability. So I knew that it was possible. I, I had some of the best podcast coaches you know, that, that I, I, I learned from as much as I could where Cliff Ravenscraft was, you know, my first podcast coach, uh, JLD, John Lee Dumas was my second. And, and I, I just paid attention as, as best as I could to the information that was coming out. Some I paid for, some I got for free, but I was just, you know, not afraid to, to try stuff and to skin my knees at the same time, which, which I did many, many times. But I was, again, I was convicted on on making making this work because I was passionate about spreading uh, messages of of hope and inspiration and second chances. I was passionate about that. And I was also passionate about the, the broadcast medium in general. And that was the difference maker for me, passionate about the broadcast medium. No, no matter what, you're passionate about if you make the decision that it's going to work for you one way or another, I think that's, that's the big one right there. And I think the decision has to be made before you try. I, I think that the mistake that a lot of entrepreneurs or would be entrepreneurs make is they, they try something first before they make a decision. And that's a recipe for a lot of frustration, trying something out first before they, they make the decision. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I, I could definitely, uh, I could definitely see that being the, being the case. Um, well, so, uh, what would you say the biggest roadblock that you hit along the way outside of the, you know, the self-doubt creeping in and, and having eight shows stand in the way of getting to relaunch? The biggest roadblock has, has always just been myself and my own limiting beliefs and, and self-doubt. And again, because we're not superheroes, I, I just had to, had to battle that. And I had to just remember who I really was and that I, that I had potential and I already had the abilities 
to do what it is that I wanted to do with my business and my show. And you know what? It's still a work in progress. Uh, Joe, I'm not at six figures yet in my business. Got pretty close to it one year, but I'm still not there. And that's just me being, being frank. But um, I, I believe in what we're doing through our show. I believe in how we're serving people through podcast launching, launch coaching, book launch coaching. And, and, I, and I know that we um, have favor, which seems to just kind of fall all over us all the time. We have favor with um, influencers in, in business and in speaking in the podcasting world. We have favor with um, event planners, event planners like you, event planners like the people at the Association of Network Marketing Professionals. I'm not in network marketing. I've never spoken at a network marketing uh, conference. However, I'm given the opportunity to present at one of the biggest conferences, you know, in um, for network marketers uh, just just this month, or uh, rather in June. So uh, we're getting a tremendous favor, and th- those are all clues that tell me that we're we're onto something big. Yeah, I mean, it's well, it's absolutely. Uh surprising though that that you're not a network marketer and yet you're getting to speak to network marketers um are you able to say what that talk is about yeah absolutely it's going to be about um the importance of finding your voice and finding your voice is uh the last is the latest book that that i wrote and launched that book a few years ago and it's done really well on the amazon charts it hit the number one in all three of its categories same day same hour. And I, I ended up giving a copy of that book to the president of the um, ANMP. I think I said that right. Association of Network Marketing Professionals. Yeah. ANMP. And, and he absolutely loved the book and fell in love with Pay and I. And that is what um, got me that invitation. Oh, wow. That's, that's and that's awesome. what I'm, that's what I'm going to hear about. Or I'm sorry, that's what we're going to talk about. The, the importance of really getting in touch with your inner voice and then harnessing that to move your business forward. And that's what we're going to talk about. Awesome. Yeah, no, I, I think that's really important, especially for network Thanks. marketers who uh, need, you know, they might not know, like, because they they're, might be first time, they might be not have any sales background or anything like that. And they never uh, have had to wrangle with some of these questions, these internal questions that they have, um, that they can use utilize that to to you know bring people to them because that's how network marketing works is you go to the people and bring them to you. I think that's what I think that's what Garrett saw in us and in in the book. Garrett's the president of the organization, and that's probably why he he wants us there. I had a, had a conference uh, had a talk, talk with him yesterday, and he that's pretty much what he said is, you know that that's what people need. They need, or at least at this conference. To, to really uh, develop the clarity and confidence within themselves so that they can show up and bring all of them to their next presentation. So Joel, you, um, you, yeah. you alluded to it in the beginning when you, you were talking about Christmas and getting the, the, um, the boom box. Yep. Uh, but w- did you have a childhood dream prior to, to being in broadcasting? Sure. You know, um, I, I wanted to be, I wanted to be in the military in a big, 
big way. Uh, I wanted to be a firefighter like a lot of little boys do. I wanted to be a police officer also like uh, a little boy, a lot of little boys do, but I, I wasn't given any of those opportunities. And, and the reason is when I was five, I had an, had an accident that nearly took my life. Um, I ended up in a coma fighting for it uh, for three weeks and I lost my hearing as a result of that. And that pretty much disqualified me from, from being in service in, in those capacities that, that I've mentioned. So, um, you know, thankfully, uh, I, I now have the opportunity to, to be of service in a different way to, to people uh, that are trying to develop a platform and to share their voice uh, with the world so that they can then grow their business. And that's, that's how I serve. And, and I do it, you know, through helping people get their podcast out, helping people launch their book, helping people uh, really get an understanding and direction in, in their business. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you, did you have something else to say? No, that, that was it. Oh, sorry. That was it. oh you just stopped abruptly. Um, <laughs> uh, so, okay. So I, I mean, I see that as like, okay, so like you wanted to help people and, and do think positive things. And like, here you are all these years later, uh, getting them realize that just in a different way, but, but not that much different of a way because just shortly after wanting to be all those things to help people, you you fell in love with broadcasting and the radio mm -hmm. and and stuff like that. So and even that like being like because you were you were on a rock station, right? If I'm not mistaken. Uh, well, sure. Uh, good memory. I was my, the very first station that I worked for uh, was actually an oldies radio station, and at the time when I started, oldies was a '50s and '60s music. So that's what I started out playing. That wasn't my generation music, but that's the music I started out playing, and then. From there, I went to a top 40 station. And that, so that's like pop, you know, whatever's trendy. Mm -hmm. And then I went from top 40 to news talk and then back to top 40. Uh, I, uh, for some reason, I thought, I thought you had said that there was rock in there. For I uh, couldn't recall. Um, well, e either way, uh, you know, helping people through their day, listening. I mean, especially when the radio was the radio you know the, the 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 you know even um even after mtv launched it was still a big thing and still a big deal and and in some ways it still is a big deal but uh you know the the trend is totally it you know the oh, writing sure. is on the wall for for sure it's just a matter of when at this point that that everything's going to start tumbling downhill for podcasting and internet media um and i think honestly i think like things like netflix um and even prior to netflix um what was the name of that box that everybody would get redbox uh no 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 the the um for oh, TV, oh. uh TiVo you know TiVo really was like the start of that being able to watch stuff on demand for when when you wanted to on your schedule that's then, right that's right before you know it like Netflix you know comes not just not Netflix not just Netflix like sending you stuff in the mail but Netflix like oh I can just stream this to a box like and it becomes like a synonymous thing that everyone wants to do. Now, you know, it's like, okay, what about my audio content? Like it's, it's all, it's, the writing's on the wall and it's, it's coming very, uh, rapidly. Well, here is, uh, what I find amazing is that a lot of the, um, the, the heavy hitters in, in the world of traditional radio are actually leaving 
radio. They're even leaving satellite um, satellite radio so that they can do their own thing. And uh, I'll mention some names here, and you may like what they have to say or not like what they have to say. But either way, they're still reading that writing on the wall, and they've they're they're making their own waves. Uh, yeah, Oprah Winfrey quit re- television because she knows that she can make more money doing it on her own, which she does with the Oprah Winfrey Network. Um, so she is no longer you know tied into television or or radio in a traditional way. Um, political commentator uh, Glenn Beck, like him or not like him, he quit CNN. And then he quit Fox News. So he quit both of those because he realized that, you know what, he, I can just do GBTV, Glenn Beck TV, and, and I, can, I can make more money. I can call the shots instead of having to be um, the puppet boy for someone else, and, and I can do my own thing. Howard Stern, uh, you know, doing the exact same thing. And he, he's been a staple forever in, in radio, then in satellite radio. And now and just doing doing his own thing. He is doing Dr. Laura. I, I, I didn't same, hear same that. Thing. Actually, I, I thought he was staying on on. Uh, I thought they had signed a contract for him to stay on Sirius. Uh, I, I, last I knew, he was uh, kind of weaning away from that a little bit. But your your information may, may, may be a little bit more updated. He he might have reconsidered that, and I'm just not in the know on that. But um, mm. either way, a lot of a lot of folks um, kind of. Oh yeah, he, he's not walking away for ninety million a year to stay yeah. on Sirius. You don't, you don't walk like you can't walk away from that. That's like that's more money than like Major League Baseball players make in an eight year contract, and he's getting that per year apparently. No telling. It's a it's a crazy world, but um, I don't it, to pay anybody else <laughs> with that much money. That's crazy. Well. It, He's got to be selling ads. That's all I can tell you. Yeah, he better. Nobody's be. buying the ads on that show. <laughs> um, so well, Joel. I uh, is so with all that said, what what do your dreams for the future look like with relaunch and with speaking and and everything else that you got going on? Sure. Yeah. Thanks for asking, Joe. We, we are continuing to just have fun with this show and, and to grow it out. And I, I've had this philosophy for a long time and that is if you grow the show the podcast big enough and if you continue to you know bring people into the stadium the stadium stadium of listenership that pretty much takes care of everything and that's been my philosophy pretty much since day one and here's what i mean by that is when the stadium gets full or more full then the speaking opportunities suddenly just take care of themselves the the clients just start start showing up. You know, people start raising their hand. Help me, help me, help me. I need to do this, and your your business grows as a result of it. But a mistake that a lot of podcasters make, and I know you're you see this a lot as well, is is they think that okay, well, I need to quickly start a podcast so I can make some money, and then maybe I can develop a business around it. We'll see, well, that's, that's backwards thinking. Start a podcast, sure, but let's fill the stadium full of people first. Let's, let's serve them. Let's, give, let's solve a problem for them. Let's be a sounding board for them. And then when we've developed trust 
and people are able able to really count on us, then we can make our our products, our services uh, available to to the stadium full of people, and you'll you'll be rewarded uh, for it. You know, value competition comes with value, and when when you add value to people, you'll be compensated for it. Uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, sometimes folks with the best of intentions kind of uh, get that a little bit backwards uh, and think that, well, I need to turn the microphone on and then all of a sudden a truck full of money will back up to my front door. And uh, you know what? I've been doing this for 25 years, Joe. That hadn't happened to me yet. <laughs> well, we can, we'll see. We'll see what we can do when you get out here for uh podcast mid Atlantic. <laughs> Anything's possible, I guess. Um, you know, but I, admittedly, like when I heard this show, I, that's the way I felt. You know, you see people like John Lee Dumas, and you're like, "Whoa! Like, look at all this money just raining out of the sky." And you know, I'll, as soon as I turn on the mic, somebody's gonna be like, "Well, I want to give this guy some money." And next thing you know, you're gonna have like all these sponsors and everything. And it's not a sprint to money. It's it's really a marathon. It took about two two and a half months before I realized, like, okay, like this isn't going to go the way that uh, I guess I had thought it was going to. And I need to readjust how I'm looking at it and, and start to build around that. And then it would take the next, I mean, nearly full, the full two years um, to, to get to that point where like I have a business based around what I do because what I do is connect with people and inspire people and give business information, um, not just information, but like tips and stuff like that that I've learned through the years of working in my own family's business. Um, and working with other businesses. So it's like everything comes together, um, but it doesn't always come together the way you think it will. And if you're starting it to start, you know, to grow a whole bunch of money at, at once, um, that's generally not how it works. Um, but, th- you know, there's nothing nothing wrong with that. Um, you just have to be prepared for it and not get discouraged and then quit, you know, for no reason. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And yeah, sorry about that. You are right. I just uh, Google searched uh, S- Stern sticking with a serious XM. So uh, yeah, you were more updated than I was. I, I just that. heard that. I, I don't know where I heard that, but um, but yeah, it's that's it's ninety million a year. I don't even know what I would do with that much money. <laughs> <laughs> but I am willing to learn. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You know, as entrepreneurs, not only do we. Um, you know, it's, it, it's like, oh, well, what makes you an expert at something? It's like, well, I, I don't really call, consider myself an expert. I, I consider myself a professional because, like, look at professional baseball players, football players, professional, pretty much anything is constantly practicing to get better. You know, Michael Phelps doesn't show up and it's like, well, I'm Michael Phelps. I'm just going to win a, you know, win this this race uh, because I'm, I'm Michael Phelps. He, he practices, like all day every day and he's a professional swimmer you know baseball players only have to hit the ball three out of ten times but and if they do they're like hall of famers uh and if they don't they get stuff thrown at them and booed at but um but at the same time like every day they're practicing they're out in the batting cages they're they're fielding balls like it doesn't matter that you you know you're making a hundred million dollars over the course of seven years um you you're still out there practicing like this is what this is your job to be good at it and well you got to uh, you, you got to put in the reps definitely yeah and 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 that's the thing so it's like, to me it's like as an entrepreneur i feel like i'm a professional problem solver mm-hmm. problem identifier and problem solver that's 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 the way i see it but um 
But it, so, Joel, is there any last thoughts you'd like to share before we share how people can connect with you online? Sure. You know, Joe, really appreciate you you having me on, and thank you for that. Again, I I do not take these invitations uh, for granted. I, I think something that I talk about, and I pretty much wrap up every single episode of, of Relaunch with, with the same words, and that is being true to the person that you were created to be is the greatest gift you can ever give to yourself, your family, society. And I personally uh, believe to God as well. And the final words are whatever that is for you, you know, be, be true to, to that person and, and connect on a deep level with who he or she is and learn how to harness some of your best features and your enduring qualities, because when you do it, you're, you're going to drive yourself to success in whatever it is that you're pursuing. It could be entrepreneurial success. It could be success in a relationship. It could be success with your, your health. But you have the, the tools and the abilities within you. If only you'll, you, you'll tap into the, the reserve power that's already there. Couldn't agree more. And uh, I really appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, could you please share how people can connect with you and the relaunch show and all that? Sure. Okay. Uh, Relaunchshow.com, Joe, is pretty much the one and only place that you need to go. You can do that from your, your smartphone or just a tablet or computer. Works wonderfully in the in the Safari and the Chrome browser, uh, browsers. Relaunchshow.com. Awesome. Well, I will definitely have all that in the show notes. Um, Joel, I really, really appreciate you coming on the show. I, it was a pleasure to be on your show. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, uh, I don't recall actually what episode number it is off the top of my head. But if you go to relaunchshow.com and type in the search, it looks like Joel's actually looking it up right now. Right this minute. Which Are you good. kidding? You're giving was, me an opportunity? I was looking I'm getting an opportunity but... to plug Joe Pardo. You know I'm doing that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, relaunchshow.com slash 459. 459, yes, 459. So go check it out there. Um, unfortunately, I didn't have my nice mic because we had Skype problems that day. Um, but, you know, it, it still still sounds good enough to be able to – I sound like a, a caller in on the radio because I, uh, I would think I was literally on the phone, um, not through – or no, was I? Maybe I was through Skype, but it was through like one of the little microphones on, like inline microphones, instead of the nice big microphone that I'm talking into right now, all boisterous and stuff. <sighs> oh, well, that was a mouthful. Um, Joel, I would love to have you on the show again. I look forward to seeing you uh, in in the coming uh, weeks. Actually, like two weeks. And, yeah, I'll um, see you in Philly. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a great time. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> love to have you on the show again. Can't wait, man. All the best, Joe. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Dreamers Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Dreamers Podcast. Join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dreamers Podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the Dreamers Podcast, please send an email to j at jpar.co. This podcast is copyright 2014 by jpar.co.